The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And wow, the year 2023, it was here and it's gone by. And maybe you're already listening to us in 2024, in which case, well, tell us how the year goes. But uh, we really, one of the things we've done in the past, which has really been very popular uh, in our AI Today podcast, is looking at the things that have happened and sort of giving our thoughts and uh, perhaps perspectives on it and tying all these themes together. And then, of course, we always have a paired podcast, which is looking ahead. So, you know, for those of you that have really enjoyed our AI today and love us and love listening to us, we want to give you reasons to keep listening to us and know that everything that we do is definitely fresh. And our take is always about AI, well, today. So we're going to talk about uh, where all this is today and maybe look back at to where things were yesterday. Exactly. But 2023 was a hot year in AI. And so we wanted to spend some time on our podcast reflecting back at the year that was. Talk about some of the headline making AI news. Also, I think that the general overarching theme of 2023 was large language models and foundation models. So, of course, we're going to talk about that. Also, trustworthy AI. There was a lot going on in 2023, and we'll share some of that, as well as some of the big trends and some of the hidden trends in 2023. Maybe they obviously weren't talked about as much. And then our, finally, we'll wrap up with our Cognolytica take and what does that mean? So some of the, you know, very large headline making news of 2023, we talked about, you know, large language models are that overarching theme. And I think everybody's been talking about open AI and they had some leadership shakeup drama that was played out in the news. So there was the sudden departure and then return of open AI CEO. And that sparked discussions about open AI's leadership and also its future direction. So uh, that was definitely some headline worthy news that we needed to talk about. And also uh, money and, you know, venture capital and how hot that was in 2023. Yeah, these things are actually related to each other. <laughs> As you say, we like to connect these ideas together. So, of course, there's a lot of drama uh, in OpenAI. And, and we don't like to focus on drama, one, because it's just not that interesting. But the reason why everybody was interested is because OpenAI is like the hot ticket in uh, artificial intelligence and everybody was using, it still is using, uh, GPT and all those things. And of course, you know, Sam Altman, who's the CEO, was the big guy. And the thing is, is that Microsoft put a lot of money into OpenAI. And that actually is the top venture capital investment for AI in 2023 was OpenAI's round, where they raised $10 billion in January of 2023, actually happens to have been January 23rd, 2023, kind of interesting that way. And Microsoft put in $10 billion. So you can imagine their, uh, well, dissatisfaction when uh, the person that they were supporting as CEO was removed by the board <laughs> and then brought back in a weekend. It all didn't make any sense, but you can kind of see money at play here. And actually that's, if we, if the Cognolytica spin in all this is that money talks. And uh, what we're not seeing is that it has really nothing. People were speculating that 
uh, OpenAI was on the verge of some major AGI thing. Maybe they are. There's still some rumors about what they might be having or might not have there. But I think a lot of it really does have to do with money and who's in charge. And the board, because OpenAI did supposedly start, I shouldn't say supposedly, OpenAI did start with this vision of being open. And there is a board that overviews uh, OpenAI's commitment to their overall mission. But maybe people realize that they shouldn't have that much money. So in general, venture capital investment, if you've been following VC investment, it has really deteriorated quite a bit. It, this is not the same venture environment as it was in 2021, <laughs> when basically it almost seemed like anybody could raise money and just the VCs are going crazy. It's much, much, much harder to raise money unless you are a big name in AI, in which case that's where the money is going. So Databricks raised uh, in September of 2023. Uh, you might have also heard of Anthropic, raised also in September 2023, has a large language models. Uh, as another company called Metropolis raised one, over a billion dollars, $1.1 billion in October 2023. And it's a little bit of a surprise because it's a parking company. And the reason why it has to do with AI is because they have a computer vision-powered checkout-free parking system. And, uh, well, I guess there's a billion dollars, uh, over a billion you can raise for that. Similarly, a little bit of a surprise here was a company called Stack, uh, uh, AV, which is Autonomous Vehicle. That's right. An autonomous vehicle company raised a billion dollars in September 2023 in a tricky year for VC. Uh, and they're a self-driving truck company. So uh, it's interesting because there still seems to be money and interest in not only autonomous vehicles, but autonomous commercial vehicles. So there's some of that, but we, there's a couple other folks who raised some money and, and some stuff that went to other parts of the AI ecosystem. Exactly. So Generate Biomedicines raised $273 million, which I mean, we're talking about billions in the other one. So we're like, this is just millions, still a significant amount of money. It's a biotech startup and it uh, is developing generative AI platforms for drug discovery. And it's, you know, gained some significant attention with that impressive funding round. And then Inflame raised $274 million in September of 2023. It's China's AI chip startup, and they received the backing from some government-linked investors. So again, you know, we've talked about uh, venture capital investments for AI companies in the past in previous years on previous podcasts. Some of those numbers were we, were, we were like, wow, this is crazy. You know, Series A, $100 million. I mean, we're talking billions now, billions in one round. It's crazy. That's really, really crazy when you think about it, especially for some companies and that are really struggling to raise money and outside of the AI space as well. And then other headline-making news is that AI solves protein folding grand challenge. So DeepMind's AlphaFold 2 achieved a major breakthrough in understanding protein structures with potential implications for drug discovery and disease research. So AI continues to really impact. We say how AI impacts just about every single industry, and it really does. So these were some of the investments that were made, but it's you know really, really uh, been impactful. And I think we can say from firsthand experience and evidence that the pharmaceutical industry is hot for AI, and AI is hot for <laughs> for drug discovery, and you know, in, in particular in the pharma space because it is usually such an expensive and complicated and time intensive process. And if you can make that more uh, efficient, then you can create new drugs and new developments and get them out much faster. And I think people are really, really hopeful for that. 
So we have a couple other things. Of course, it's large language models and generative AI all day, all day, right, Kathleen? Oh, exactly. My. That really is the overarching theme of the year. So OpenAI, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. It actually came out at the tail end of 2022, but really, you know, like we said, took the world by storm. And uh, many of the applications have been in 2023 because it came out late in 2022. So OpenAI unveils GPT-4 and GPT-4V in 2023. Also, we've heard, you know, there's other large language models. So Google launches BARD and then updated it with the new Gemini AI model, all in 2023. Sometimes it feels like things have been out for longer than they have. Sometimes maybe you're like, nope, it definitely feels like 2023. This has been its year. So that happened. And then Anthropic Claude 2 was released. Um, and that obviously impressed users. That All of that happened just in 2023. Yeah. And we met, when we met, uh, I misspoke there actually, it wasn't that OpenAI was launched in 2022. It was just ChatGPT was launched in uh, 2022. And I think people sort of uh, don't realize that it's, it still hasn't even been like a year and a half of uh, ChatGPT. It's been just a little over a year. And I think that's uh, uh, impressive in that case. But we like to say, hey, for those of you who are following large language models, let's not forget all the big stuff that's happening on open source. And if you're following that, I think this is the stuff that's been making some news. And maybe when we talk about 2024, we'll look ahead here because open source might be a good place to look for advancements. So Llama 2, that's of course uh, uh, Facebook's large language model. Uh, you know, it has two sizes, a 7 billion and a 70 billion parameter model. And it's and the reason why this makes news is, of course, it's open source. So you can build your own products on top of it. You can use it yourself. You can self-host it if you've got the uh, capacity to do. You can do all sorts. You can build products on top of it. And it was trained using the same sort of general approaches that ChatGPT was trained, this whole reinforcement learning from human feedback thing. Another one that people talk about is Mistral. And Mistral, which is 7 billion parameters. So that's not as big, 7 billion compared to say 70 or even 170, we'll talk about that, it's tiny. However, it's high performance, which means that Mistral is being used for like real-time applications. When, you know, when you when you have a conversation with say Bard or ChatGPT, it takes a little bit of time for it to generate its response. Mistral is like speedy, speedy and uh, has some good responses. So you can imagine the applications where that's used. Now on the flip side of that, we have Bloom, which is gigantic, 176 billion parameters. And what makes this interesting is that it was trained on 46 languages, 13 programming languages, and it performs really well. Obviously, text generation, translation, generating code. And the other interesting thing about this ginormous open source large language model is that transparency was their core principle. So you can have full access, not only to the source code, which is interesting, but the training data which is a lot more interesting. <laughs> so you could see the way you could see everything in Bloom, which is crazy, crazy. So a few other uh, interesting, these were all released in 2023, by the way, Platypus, 70 billion parameters developed by these two, two, two developers, and it outperforms Hugging Face's open LLM leaderboard. It's the top of the, one of the things, the top of the leaderboard. But what gets more interesting is the United Arab Emirates Technology Innovation Institute released something called Falcon, 40B, that's the 40 billion parameters, and it excels in natural language tasks like text completion and conversation, and it currently holds the top spot on Hugging Face's open LLM leaderboard for pre-trained language models. So everybody's getting into this game. 
Uh, <laughs> people are coming in. There's a couple more interesting open source large language models you could you know you could take about. Salesforce released one with seven billion parameters called Jaxformer, focused on efficiency. Mosaic ML's NLP team uh, released a seven billion and thirty billion parameter ones that's built using the LM Foundry code base. And then this other one called Open Chat Kit. It's got a nice long name, GPT, NeoXT, Chatbase 20B, V0. Oh my goodness, that's a, that's a whole lot of words. Uh, what makes this special is not just that it has uh, 20 billion parameters, but it was focused on carbon negative computing. So they have, I guess, proven that you can train a large language model that performs well and have it be carbon negative, not even carbon neutral. So I'm not exactly sure how they did it. Maybe in a future uh, podcast, we'll go over these open source LLMs and we'll talk a little bit about them and how to make use of them. Because maybe 2024, it might be the year of the open source LLM. We'll see. It might be. And also a lot of people are now understanding the impact on the environment that these large language models have and just how much compute power they're using. So maybe it will be a topic for upcoming episodes. So subscribe to AI Today if you haven't done so already so you can get notified of these. Also, trustworthy AI was a big theme for 2023. We talk about this a lot, right? You know, don't spend all this time, money, and resources just to have people not trust your systems and not use them because then why bother doing it at all? So trustworthy AI has been gaining a lot of attention and people are talking about it more and it did make the news and, you know, again, was an overarching theme for 2023. One of the big headlines was the EU AI Act, and we have a podcast on this that we will link to in the show notes as well if you haven't checked it out. It goes over that in much greater detail, but at a very high level, it's a landmark EU, it's a, you know, a landmark law, the EU AI Act. It's the first comprehensive AI regulation. It really sets guidelines for AI systems and also establishes oversight mechanisms, and trustworthy AI is a big theme in that as well. It, you know, they want to make sure that people feel good using these systems and that they can trust them. And so they have ranked AI in different uh, levels of risk as well. Also, the United States has done, you know, a lot has come out this year. The U.S. national AI strategy was unveiled. So the U.S. released its first national AI strategy, which was calling for increased investment, research, and ethical development of AI. Also, a lot going on with the U.S. Senate. There was an executive order that came out as well that now we need uh, chief AI officers at all agencies. A few years ago, we, uh, you know, an executive order came out that had uh, chief data officers at all agencies. So now we have chief AI officers. So we're paying attention there, seeing how that's being rolled out as well. Also, China came up with new rules for generative AI that went into effect in August of 2023. So, you know, we talk a lot about how AI really is global, and it is. I mean, the first three bullets we talked about was Europe, the U.S., and China. So uh, folks really are paying attention and at that trustworthy AI level all, all across the globe. Also, we have global AI governance summits. So these were international forums like the Global Partnership on AI and also OECD AI Forum. They tackled challenges of coordinated, responsible AI development across borders. And there was lots of others as well. Yeah. And I think you're part of this trustworthy AI theme. Is I think, first of all, uh, this all relates together because generative AI now is in the common vernacular. We'll talk about this uh, some more even in this podcast. And because of that, people are much more aware 
of both the opportunities and the, well, risks and challenges of generative AI. And people are like, okay, I think that's why everything just accelerated across the board on that. Uh, some countries now, uh, like China and Singapore, are implementing what's called experimental zones to test and refine their AI regulations in real-world settings. It's called the sandboxes for testing. Interesting idea. We'll see how that works. Of course, not, we, we've been talking about bias and discrimination in AI for years. There's nothing really special about that in 2023. However, in 2023, there have been some legal cases and investigations on biased algorithms that are causing problems in hiring and loan approvals and criminal justice. So these are going to court now. Some of them have been resolved. We talked about some of these. Uh, the global AI risk, AI risk keeps heating up. Uh, I, but I think like the biggest thing that's heating up is climate change. <laughs> and I think people are now looking much more carefully, as Kathleen mentioned now. there's a, This is actually part of the EO AI Act as well requirements for telling people how much it, uh, environmental use was to train the models and to, to much more focus on that. Now, this is something I'm going to go over a little more detail in a future podcast, but there has been some actual progress made in explainable AI in 2023, probably more for than we can go into for this podcast. But uh, it traditionally, was a hard problem, the issue of especially these big, complicated neural nets, these deep learning neural nets, the ones that we use all day, are not particularly explainable. They're black boxes. But there actually have been some successes and efforts to improve both the transparency and understanding of AI decision-making. Uh, and we'll go into that in a future podcast. But 2023 was a bit of a landmark year for that. And finally, uh, we have some standards organizations. This is still on the topic of trustworthy AI, by the way. These are all aspects of trustworthy AI. The IEEE, and the ACM, the Association for Computing Machinery, they have come up with principles and frameworks for ethical AI development and deployment. Now, of course, Cognolytica, we have a trust with the AI framework as well, uh, but theirs is really much more from the perspective of uh, development and deployment. Maybe they've gotten some inspiration from us. Maybe we'll find Cognolytica referenced in their uh, final documents as well. We'll have to see. Yes, we will take a look and we'll link to our Trustworthy AI framework in the show notes as well. So you can check that out. We have many podcasts on that and we'll link to those as well. Um, so we also wanted to talk about, you know, some of those really big overarching AI trends. We talked about how large language models are the, you know, flavor of the year and trustworthy AI really um, has also been talked about a lot. But when you think about 2023, it's really generative AI all day, every day. We talk about how we've really now crossed that chasm where AI is in the hands of many now. And also this idea of augmented intelligence, where we're not replacing the human, but we're just helping the human do their job better with the help of AI. It It is real now for the average person. And generative AI, large language models, has really helped make that happen. So now it's at your fingertips, where before maybe you were using AI every day but didn't actually realize it. You're using it to help with you know emails and uh, grammar, maybe word choices it was giving you, uh, spam filters. You were using it to help you, you know, drive and navigate around. But it didn't feel like you were using AI because you just went in to open that, you know, your email app or your, you know, navigation app. But now with generative AI, it really is in the hands of the average person, that augmented intelligence where you can do more with, you know, than ever before. However, we do want to point out that the quality, the reliability, and the predictability of generative AI continues to change literally on a daily basis. You can open up something and it can change from one day to the next in its performance, good or bad. So you really do need to be mindful of that. 
some uh, you know, applications were better than others. And now they've kind of, the other ones have taken over. So again, it changes on literally a daily basis. Um, but it's exciting at the same time because you get to see how things are moving so fast. Yeah. And I think the other interesting things is that um, we'll talk about this again in our future podcasts is like there's a big movement in 2023 to something called retrieval augmented generation, RAG. And really all that's saying is that people were like, they love generative AI. So that's the generation part. The problem is that generative AI is trained on, say, the general internet. We talk about this all the time. And what if you want the generation system to say, answer an FAQ about your own documents? or generate responses in a very particular way. We've talked about technologies like LangChain before, but like basically this is now becoming much more accessible to the average person where you can drag documents into something and, or have like a little database and then you can connect the generative AI system to it. And that was a big trend. So like in 2022, no one ever knew the term RAG or retrieval gen generation. Uh, for those in 2023, it's like the term, and we'll, and that may be like the main way that people use uh, generative AI systems in 2024 and beyond, not, not using these open ones, but maybe more uh, specific ones. We'll see. Uh, and also the other interesting thing is that re reinforcement lear learning never really gets like a ton of love, you know, uh, but reinforcement learning was uh, had some major developments in 2023. And now you'll see that they've been used for all sorts of complicated tasks uh, in robots, especially in video games. And actually, even in these generative AI models, the 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 most successful ones, GPT-3 and then 4, were using reinforcement learning to improve the overall performance. So we're seeing a lot more of that. The one thing that we noted as a big AI trend in 2023 was that self-driving vehicles and autonomous systems are nowhere near we were promised we would be in 2023. And I know that cat has Kathleen pretty sad. Uh, but And you could say, well, well, what's different about 2023 than, say, 2022? And maybe, as I mentioned, maybe we'll do a, a whole podcast on this as well. But uh, uh, autonomous vehicle manufacturers ran into a whole lot of problems, uh, lawsuits, uh, having to... Um, Recall systems, shutting down AV systems, some companies going bust. And it's, it continues to be a challenging area. You know, we thought that the big story of AI, this is back when we started AI today in 2017, would be like, what's the big story of AI? It'd be like, oh, self-driving vehicles and things like that. That's what we're going to be talking about in 2023. But no, what are we talking about in 2023? Generative AI and large language models. We're not talking on a daily basis about autonomous vehicles, right? It's like more still a curiosity, right? Exactly. And that's because they're, you know, really are hard problems to solve. We talk when we talk about the seven patterns of AI, we say the autonomous system is and the autonomous pattern is the hardest pattern because the goal is to remove the human from the loop. So it should be no surprise that it is incredibly challenging. Uh, also, we had said, yes, you know, uh, an autonomous vehicle company raised a ton of money this year. But also we've seen a lot of companies get in trouble, like Ron said, and many companies go under as well. So yes, this was my dream. It still is my dream. Maybe one day I'll actually get that fully autonomous vehicle and I don't need to drive at all anymore. But until then, I'm still driving. So we'll definitely stay on top of this because this is a topic I definitely like to talk about and really do want to see one day. We also, so those were, you know, some of the major trends, but then there's some hidden trends in 2023 that maybe people aren't talking about, but are still worth bringing up. So one of these hidden trends is that AI is moving fast. Uh, you know, we see, wow, like, look at all, look at all that's happening. 
but also slow at the same time. And you may go, what are you talking about? Well, AI technology continues to accelerate at a rapid pace. And, you know, we, we've shared that on previous podcasts. And even in this one, just, you know, wow, like how fast things are growing, even large language models uh, that it's, you know, within one year, look what it's done. But AI adoption in enterprises and organizations is more sluggish than maybe you would think. We continue to be surprised when we talk to large organizations at just how slow they really are to adopt AI. So yes, it may be accelerating at a really rapid pace, but that general overall adoption isn't as fast as you'd think and maybe isn't as widespread as you'd think. Yeah. And actually, that is a bit of an issue. And I think maybe for those of you who are listening on this podcast, you have this like feeling that all this stuff is happening and that you're missing out. I guess is the best way to put it is you see all the news about new language models and, you know, this happening and this investment and this company's growing. And, and of course, like, as we said, in 2023, that, that rate has been absolutely ridiculous. It's even hard for us to keep up. There's like a new announcement almost every week. And the feeling you get is that, oh my God, this is happening. And I I'm feeling behind. I feel left out. I feel like I'm not taking advantage of it. And we even feel the same way. We're like, oh my, we should be taking more advantage of these tools. However, you are not being left out. You're actually, the vast majority of the population is feeling that way. Most companies are still trying to adopt the early stuff. And that was one of the big other thing we realized, especially since we've been doing a lot of training. A lot of folks on our AI Today podcast know that one of the biggest things that we do is we run our CPMAI, which is our Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology. It's a way of running AI machine learning projects to maximize for success. It's a lot of best practices. It's really focused on that. And it's focused on, you know, all the things that people get into trouble, but it's an actual method that people can use to iterate quickly on AI projects without making those mistakes. What we find is that we were called into on a few occasions to deliver this training in person, which we try not to do too much of. People really should be going through this training on a self-paced format, accelerating their own training and learning on their own schedule, not putting everybody together in a room and trying to either squeeze it into a short amount of time or whatever. But one of the things that we learned is that people's understanding of AI in general is much more basic. And people's expertise around AI is much less mature than we assumed, even in the largest companies. So if the largest companies are still kind of in that early phase, you can imagine that most companies are as well. The ones that aren't are, of course, those who are building AI products or have AI researchers on staff or our academic institutions. Those are the ones who are making the, new, the news. Your typical uh, you know, bank or, or CPG company or farm or healthcare company is still trying to make things work. So just to let you know that if you're feeling overwhelmed, you are feeling what most people are feeling. And if you feel behind, uh, well, you're not necessarily behind. You just need to get on top of it as soon as you can. Exactly. And that's from an organizational level and then an individual level as well. Because, you know, when we talk at different events and conferences, uh, a lot of people say, okay, well, how is AI going to impact me, impact my role? How can I use AI to help, to augment uh, generative AI? Obviously, was a big trend for 2023. And they go, you know, how how should I be doing this? So that's also something uh, that is a trend in 2023 and, you know, from an organizational standpoint and then that individual one as well. Another thing that we've seen is RPA, robotic process automation, is struggling to get the attention and news that it's gotten in years past. The pandemic really sped up 
organizations' use of automation for a variety of different reasons, right? They needed it because it was immediate. We, you know, suddenly had immediate work from home and people are saying, oh my goodness, how am I supposed to access some of these things? How am I supposed to continue with these processes that I had? And so RPA was being used heavily to help organizations continue to move forward and continue to, you know, be able to function. But now that things have settled down, we do not hear as much talk about RPA. I'm not saying that it's still not used and that people aren't seeing the benefits of automation, but the growth is just not at the same pace that it was before. And we now have switched to how are we going to use AI and how are we going to use these different applications of AI. And that's been a trend that we've seen across the board. So uh, you know, from government organizations to small to medium to large organizations, that's been a trend that we've seen with uh, automation. Yeah. And of course, that's as Kathleen says, it's not to say that RPA is not useful. It's incredibly useful. It's also not to say it's not growing. It's still growing. It's just that it, the the common philosophy, if we go back to, say, our podcast from, say, 2021 or 2020 or 2022 or 2019, everybody used to say that RPA was the gateway to AI. Remember that? It turns out, while that might have been the case for early adopters, clearly generative AI is the gateway. <laughs> I mean, like the easiest gateway right now is not going through some RPA thing and doing bots, even as useful as it is. That's still a highly technical thing that's limited to people in the organization that understand the process, that know how to build a bot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Generative AI is literally in the hands of everybody and it's being embedded in tools, whether or not they're even meant to be AI. So I just have to say at this point, I think we can declare that RPA might have been for some the gateway to AI, but generative AI is, is obviously the entry point for, for the vast majority of people. So let's talk a little bit about, about roles because let's talk about people. And, and I think one of the interesting things is that you might be thinking, wow, AI is so hot. That must mean that companies across the board are hiring a ton of people in AI. And I think the answer is it's not that simple. Uh, best way to put it is it's a complicated picture for AI hiring because there have been a hiring boom, but then there was also a hiring bust. There was a lot of layoffs in 2023. And it's not intuitive because you, we just talked about all this money that these companies were raising. It's like, well, in the early part of 2023, there actually was a significant surge, especially because there still was a lot of AI investment. Venture capital still had some uh, gas in the tank, as you will. And there still was a high demand for AI talent. And there were a lot of competitive offers and increased salaries. But by the middle of the year, we were having still some economic uncertainties, market corrections, the geopolitical issues got even more complicated. Holy cow. It's like funny, like we, we were in 2022, we're like, wow, the world is getting complicated, Ukraine and Russia. Now it's like every country, even like countries you never would assume, like Venezuela and Guyana, like who would have called that, right? So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. It's there, there has been a hiring slowdown in the second half of the year. Companies are becoming more cautious. I think generative AI, uh, speaking as the entry point, has actually put hiring pressure because it used to be that you needed a team of data scientists and a data engineers. You need to do a lot of data prep. You need to do all this stuff to make even your first AI system work. Now, it's just a matter of prompt engineering. Maybe you do a little retrieval augmented stuff. You tie it to a database. There's so many tools out there. You could probably have somebody who is not a data scientist do it. And maybe you can accelerate a project that maybe you, you had for like nine or 12 months. Now you can do in a couple of weeks or even a couple of days or a couple of hours or minutes even. You never know. 
So companies are, are are scaling down, and basically that's sort of the the tail end of this year has seen a lot of layoffs and restructuring. And companies, particularly in the tech sector, really went under a lot of layoffs uh, and changes to roles. And actually, Kathleen and I can say this from firsthand experience, not that we were laid off, but we can say this from firsthand experience that we were at a company who had an AI team at the start. We actually delivered a training, and they had an AI team at the start of the training, and by the end of the training, that team was it was disbanded this but like wasn't we, a long training either this yeah was it was like, like a week yeah. yeah so so that does call into stuff into into question right right things move fast and that's what we continue to say ai is fast right <laughs> um right. and then also this calls into question you know ron had, had talked about different various roles and how new tools like large language models are changing the game so does this mean that data scientist is still the sexiest job of the 21st century or will something else come and take its place? Uh, that's some, you know, obviously we're going to be keeping an eye on this, especially into 2024 and beyond and say, you know, is it going to be some prompt engineering role or uh, something more along the lines of generative AI that's going to be taking this place? And maybe you don't need to be as technical. Uh, everybody wanted a data scientist a few years ago. They were hard to come by because it was still a relatively new role. And uh, you know, organizations, large ones were able to pay the most and really gobbling them up. And so now, uh, you know, as technology continues to change and evolve, are we going to be needing as many data scientists or will there be a new role uh, that's coming into play? So those were, you know, the hidden trends of 2023 that maybe didn't always make the headlines and the news, but underlying were things that we saw. Yeah. So, uh, so what does this all mean to you, our listeners, and to our Cognolytica advisory and training clients, right? Exactly. And, you know, we always like to have our take on this and so that, yes, we can present what happened, but then what does it really mean for you, our listeners, and for you, our uh, CPMAI community, and for you, our advisory clients as well? Well, we say that it's really important to stay up to date on the news because it's moving fast. And, you know, we talked about how all of this happened in just one year. A lot, a lot happens in a year. Sometimes it feels it feels like it goes by in a flash and other times it feels really slow. So again, we always say if you're implementing AI or you want to implement AI, understand it's going to move fast. So you need to move fast and you need to iterate often and quickly. Our motto always is think big, start small and iterate often. Don't be afraid to iterate. Quite frankly, you should, because if you're not, you're really going to fall behind. Also, look at how others in the space, peers, competitors are, are adopting AI because platforms and technologies are moving quickly. And if you are not thinking about this or doing it, you will be behind. Okay? You will be behind. We always say make sure that you're actually solving a real business problem as well. You know, CPMAI phase one is business understanding. So always drive whatever technology that you are looking to use and adopt. AI is no exception to your business needs. Don't get wrapped up in the hype. Don't get wrapped up in these shiny, you know, objects, the new flavor of the week. Really make sure that it's driving to your business needs, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, and I'm actually going to give you guys a little bit of a treasure hunt. You know, this is a, this idea here of moving fast. One of our podcasts, and uh, I'm not won't tell you which one because I need you're going to find it. Who, whoever the first person is who sends us an email to info info at cognolytica.com with the exact episode number where the person we interviewed said that their AI projects take between 12 and 18 months. 
And we were a little dumbfounded by that. Whoever is the first person that sends that, I will give a 50% discount on any CPMAI training or certification. So the first person, do a hunt, find it. It's in one of our podcasts, I guarantee you. <laughs> it's on the title where someone said that their AI projects will take between 12 and 18 months. And I think whoever that person is, that well, whoever finds it, you guys, you get the reward. But the person we interviewed, uh, I, I hope, honestly, is not in charge of their AI projects anymore because you cannot take 12 to 18 months on a project. I mean, look what happened in the past 12 months here. It's ridiculous. So lesson learned, if your AI projects are not taking a couple weeks, maybe a month or two, I even hesitate to say a month or two at the most per iteration. If you're going slower than that, you are going way too slow. There is a problem. And you might say, well, wait a second, are things really complicated? It's like, then scale it back, control mm -hmm. your scope. Uh, I'll tell you why, not just because the technology is changing. I, you know, some technology might come out tomorrow that might just knock everything you're doing on its feet and say, well, we were going to do all this. It's like, well, this new technology makes whatever you're doing obsolete. So on the one hand, new technologies could speed you up. On the other hand, the business climate continues to change. The world climate, climate continues to change. And the last little bit here is AI regulations and laws are changing and they're here. So if you have a plan to do something in 12 months, you're like, did you plan on the EU AI Act? Did you plan on whatever's going to come out of the U.S. Uh, Congress? No. And, and because you can't plan on that, if you if you the whole success and failure of your AI project depends on some assumption you're making now that will be relevant in 12 to 18 months. First of all, that's not an agile perspective. It's definitely not an iterative perspective. You're doing it wrong. And then we like to tell our listeners sometimes that they're doing it wrong, but that person we interviewed he, well, that's a little bit of a clue there, uh, was doing it wrong. And uh, we don't want you to do it wrong. So go find it. As I mentioned, the first person who finds it sends us an email, info at cognolitica.com. Tell us exactly which podcast episode it was. Um, and we will give you a coupon for a 50% discount on CPMI training and certification. One, and then you know, listen to all the podcasts too while you're at it. Yes, definitely. If you haven't listened to any of our past podcasts, I encourage you to do so. Subscribe to AI Today to get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. We hinted at a few of the upcoming episodes in today's podcast, but we have a lot lined up, so definitely stay subscribed. And also, we love to hear from our listeners, so you can reach out to us. Ron said info at cognolitica.com. Also, rate and rate and review our podcasts. We love to uh, hear that. We love to hear which podcast episode you've enjoyed, what topics you've enjoyed, and where you'd like us to dig deeper as well. We'll make sure to link to any articles and concepts that we discussed today in the show notes so that you can uh, you know, learn all about them. I know there was a lot we talked about, those overarching ideas of generative AI, large language models, trustworthy AI, and then maybe some of those hidden uh, AI news that didn't make as much headlines, but definitely, you know, we were keeping an eye on. So if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, we hope that we'll catch you at future episodes. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. 
This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you.